to Natural MD Radio, your place to hear the whole truth on health and medicine for women and children and get the tools you need to take back your health naturally starting now. I'm Dr. Aviva Ram. Like most of us, I had the requisite health class in fourth grade where There was a lot of giggling, but I learned precious little about anything. Not how to use a maxi pad or tampon, let alone how to track my menstrual cycle or how my moods, preferences, or energy might change throughout each month. It was in my early teens, admittedly a precocious young woman already on my way to becoming a home birth midwife, that I stumbled into a whole new world, one that included understanding how my menstrual cycle worked, when I was ovulating, how to track my cycles, and how to feel more empowered about menstruating. Then, in my late teens, already deeply cycle-aware, now from paying attention to what I called my cycle sense for several years, I was fortunate to gain a mentor who taught me a great deal more about the magic and power of menstruation, and also how to pay attention to the subtler aspects of my cycle. Herbalist, midwife, and yoga teacher, and Shoshone medicine woman Janine Parvati taught me to pay attention to things like my dreams, creativity, food preferences, sexual desires and needs, even what clothes I was selecting at different points in my cycle. I started noticing that I had major creative surges around ovulation, like, hold me back, here comes another book proposal. I wanted to socialize more, and I gravitated toward wearing sexier clothes and Ooh, did my sex drive ramp up. Then around my moon time, aka my period, yes, letting my hippie wise woman self fly here, my energy felt more inward and I was inclined toward journaling, slower exercise like yoga, nesting at home, and warm nourishing foods. These patterns repeated month after month, year after year. I knew them like the back of my hand. In fact, my body was my period tracking app. If that feels foreign to you, you're not alone. Most women don't pay much attention to their cycles beyond knowing they'll have a period every month, give or take, depending on your cycle length, and grabbing that box of pads or tampons at the pharmacy or grocery store and hitting up some Motrin for cramps. If it's exciting, and I hope it is, to to think about learning to understand your body as if you were your own period app, I invite you into an entirely new way of understanding your cycles and hormones as your inner hormone GPS, and to learn to tap into your innate body wisdom, even if you do use a period tracking app too. Knowing the language of your cycles is not only empowering and really interesting, your menstrual cycle is your sixth vital sign, something I'm going to talk about in upcoming episodes, and can tell you a tremendous amount about your hormonal and overall health. There's more to our cycles than meets the eye. Hormones are the secret language of our body, the little whispers that create the background music of our life, set the tone for how we feel and act, and they act as messengers to alert us to a problem and supply us with endless information about the state of our well-being. Welcome to Natural MD Radio, episode 143. I'm your host, Aviva Ram, with this episode, Understanding Your Menstrual Cycle and Returning to Cycle Sense. While we're generally familiar with the idea that our hormones and cycles influence our moods, there's a lesser-known spectrum of subtle, under-the-radar cues that our hormones communicate throughout our menstrual cycles. 
Our biology is truly functioning with a profound level of innate intelligence, or what I call hormone intelligence. Research shows that the natural fluctuations of estrogen, progesterone, and testosterone during the phases of your menstrual cycle and your whole life, from puberty through menopause, influence everything, not just the obvious mood shifts or subtle symptoms that occur premenstrually, for example, but also your energy, sleep, appetite, weight, focus, sex drive, hair, skin, motivation, even our digestion, and more. They also influence our food and exercise preferences, our endurance and pain tolerance throughout the month, even the clothes we select, and the mates we desire, as well as our decision-making about said mates. Pretty good stuff to know. Our culture constantly urges us to ignore or override our inner knowing and dismisses giving too much credence to how we feel, much as medicine encourages us to override pain, moods, and hormones. On top of it, the cultural caricature of us as hysterical women makes us judge and suppress our emotions or blame them on our hormones and deny that our hormones affect us all. So we never learn to tap into our very real inner compass. Over time, this disconnect turns into ignoring our own body awareness. We no longer hear or feel the small but powerful messages that our hormones are sending through both emotional and physical cues that can provide us with important self-knowing and health cues. So CycleSense is using your menstrual cycle as inner guidance for understanding yourself and your hormones your choices, your energy, and much, much more as we're going to talk about throughout each cycle. Instead of seeing hormonal fluctuations as the enemy that makes us feel crazy or emotional, we can use these biological cues, including our emotions, in a way that we're working with rather than against our bodies, making subtle shifts in our daily and monthly lifestyles to the extent that we're able, of course that keep us more in harmony with our needs and natural inclinations. For example, for more rest, for a different type of exercise that day of the week or or that week, or to skip that Zoom gathering and read a book instead. These aren't just some woo-woo period ideas or old wives wisdom, though old wives wisdom has a great deal of value, so I'm not knocking it. Scientists and researchers are finally exploring and understanding this as a part of our biology, and making profound discoveries about how our mind, our mood, our choices, our energy, and so much more shifts throughout our cycles. Understanding and tapping into my cycle sense provided me with profound inner knowing throughout my 20s and into my early 50s. It gave me a deep understanding of and compassion for the shifts my hormones took me through during my menstrual cycles. This knowing helped me to understand why I felt the ways I did at various phases of my cycle, and how to better nourish and support myself. Now I'm solidly into menopause and I look back and just see, and just see how much that knowing also informed my decisions, my well-being, and how much my hormones acted as a force that influenced my life. And what a beautiful thing that is. So let's have a glimpse at the subtle cues your hormones can provide to you through each phase of your cycle. When your hormones are in balance And your cycles are healthy, of course. If your cycles are not in balance and your cycles aren't optimized, 
then not having some of these cues may actually inform you that something is off balance. Of course, we all have our natural variations. Many women get profoundly and creatively inspired premenstrually instead of at ovulation. Some women still love to pound the pavement with a good run during their periods, while others would prefer nothing less than to curl up with a hot water bottle and a book. And solid studies do show us that contrary to popular belief, having a period doesn't make us dumber, cognitively slower, or less capable of higher level physics accounting or crushing your MCAT. So if those are things you love to do and want to do them through that phase of your cycle or need to do them, that shouldn't hold you back. This is really more about just learning to tune in to how you work, how your body works, how your hormones work, and how you can do everything within your power to be in harmony or sync with that. So in other um, podcasts and articles and in my new book, Hormone Intelligence, I talk about the four phases of the menstrual cycle. So going forward, it's going to be with a basic understanding that you have a little bit of a clue of what those are, but I'm going to also say what those are because this next part is going to break down these different clues and signs you get throughout your cycles by the four phases of your menstrual cycle. So let's start with the follicular phase, which is from your period to ovulation. Here's what you might notice and shifts that you can make to support yourself during this phase. And all of this is written down for you in an article form over at avivaram.com forward slash 143. That's the number 143 for episode 143. So you don't have to memorize all this, just sort of enjoy it, let it sink in. So again, during the follicular phase from your period to ovulation, you might notice and can support your cycle during this phase in these ways, your energy and creativity, the estrogen boost that you get naturally during this phase of your cycle can lead to sharpened focus, decision-making and memory. So it may be a great time to apply for that job you've been wanting to apply for, to take that interview that you've been putting off, apply to that graduate program, or dig into creating that business plan that you've been putting off, really capitalize on that heightened energy and creativity and focus. Your mind and mood come along during this time for the ride. Your estrogen will reach its peak toward the end of this phase, bringing a calm and optimistic headspace, while a higher level of testosterone enhances your energy, confidence, and motivation. So during this phase, you might be really eager to socialize, connect with girlfriends, or like go out on the town. Even in COVID, you might not be able to go out on the town, so you might be able to like go out on the Zoom. You might even notice estrogen-driven, clearer skin, and weirdly, our features get more symmetrical during this time. So you may look in the mirror and like what you see a little bit more. It's kind of interesting. You may feel more attractive and sexier to yourself. Studies show that we also have a keener ability for recognizing facial expressions and more empathy as a result. So why are these things happening? Well, there's a lot of biological imperative kind of underlying these phenomena, and it doesn't mean that you have to be driven by your biology, but essentially what's happening is you're heading toward ovulation, which is when you are fertile. And so the way nature's trickstery self works is we feel sexier, we look a little sexier, you know, by certain kinds of um, 
mate attraction definitions, um, we tend to want to be out more, which means we're more likely to meet people who we might mate with. It's really interesting. Um, All these connections that have happened through evolutionary biology that drive us toward that fertility time and that we can use to our advantage whether or not getting pregnant is something that we want to do. This ability to have a keener ability to recognize facial expressions is super interesting um, because it's this heightened estrogen that in part does that. And so it partly explains why women, generally speaking, more than men, do actually recognize facial expressions more and tend to have more empathy as a result of that. This keener awareness of recognizing facial expressions may also be a biological protective mechanism because we're out on the town more, so to speak, or out on the village more, you know, in traditional times, um, protecting us from people who might sense our increasing fertility and being drawn to us, but maybe with not the best intentions. So there are some, um, there's some research showing that this may be a way that we protect ourselves from predators, interestingly, human predators. During this time, sleep may come easier as a result of higher estrogen. But if not, um, I do give you sleep tips over at episode 143, under follicular phase, go to sleep, and you'll see a link over to sleep tips, uh, another article that you can use to help get your sleep improved. But do know that good sleep should return when progesterone ramps up during the second half of your cycle after ovulation. Again, that's assuming that you're having healthy cycles and you're ovulating and producing enough progesterone. If sleep doesn't come back, um, that can be one of the clues that your cycle is and your hormones are off balance. During the follicular phase, hormonal changes make your sense of smell and taste especially sensitive. Interestingly, during this phase, cravings and appetite are typically lower as you head toward ovulation. So a lot of women feel more at home in their body this time and uh, more comfortable, more optimistic, more upbeat, and less driven by food cravings and with that for an appetite. And with that, for a lot of women comes anxiety around food, particularly if there's been disordered eating or an actual eating disorder. During the follicular phase, this general energy boost that you're getting also increases energy to get up and move and be more physically active, right? That desire to be out and engaged and active and meeting people um, also translates to more physical energy. So it's a really great time to enjoy higher intensity workouts and really embrace things like riding your bike or jumping rope or running and lifting weights, things that feel more, um, more intense and really, really good. Also during this time, interestingly, your pain threshold and endurance are at their highest And so you have more tolerance for exercise during this time. So it's a great time to get an exercise plan started. You've got that higher level of motivation, that energy, that optimism, and the physical energy as well. Now, during this time, sex and relationships um, can be really heightened. So for several days, particularly before we ovulate, rising testosterone and estrogen can really increase your sex drive, which can be phenomenal if you typically don't have a lot of sex drive. It's lovely if you're trying to conceive, to want to be trying to conceive at that time. Um, Not everyone has a huge, giant sex drive, and that might not be a really important part of life for you. 
But because it is an important indicator of hormone, hormonal balance, if your sex drive is really low during this time, it can be an indicator that you're having low estrogen or low testosterone. It can be something that you want to support and nourish with other um, things that I talk about over on my website and in my book, Hormone Intelligence. So after we get through the follicular phase, and it's called the follicular phase because your ovary is ripening a follicle to release an egg, when we get to that end of phase, uh, that phase, we get into ovulation. So what you might notice around ovulation and ways you can support yourself include um, around your energy and creativity, our mental alertness and focus are at a peak right now. And interestingly, our ability to learn new information is super sharp. One study showed that we're especially adept at innovative problem solving during this time. So, you know, it's not that we're not great at it all cycle long, but if you have been sort of noodling over something or there's something that you really want to be especially keen about doing, this is a really great time to do that. Along with your energy and creativity, ovulation puts your mind and mood at the peak of optimism and desire. Our moods are typically very uplifted during this time. We're still really inclined to get together with our girlfriends, go out and mingle. And it's also a time that we might feel inclined to take a bigger chance on life. Now, we have to keep in mind that along with this increased desire for, for, for um, sex and our fertility coming on, and that sort of optimism and impetus to take a bigger chance on life, our threshold of, let's say, um, having good radar for people of the opposite sex in your if you're heterosexual because that's where the studies have been done may go down and our attraction for the quote unquote bad boy stereotype may actually go up there's some controversy over this but the reality is we do know unquestionably higher sex drive plus fertility equals more likelihood of getting pregnant during this time so you just want to be really thoughtful if you're not trying to get pregnant that you're thoughtful around sexual encounters that you have. You always want to be anyway, but this is the peak time that you could get pregnant. During this time, we typically get great sleep because the estrogen is really on board. And for some women though, you also need that hit of progesterone. And progesterone doesn't really come on board until just after we ovulate because it's actually coming out of the corpus luteum, which is where the egg was, was released from. But the good news is that it starts within a couple of days of ovulation. So that progesterone starts to rise and that's when delicious sleep can really, really happen for, um, for you. And again, if not, it may be that you're not producing that estrogen estrogen boost or progesterone boost, or it may be other things are affecting your sleep, which I talk about um, in the article that you can link over to from my blog. During ovulation, well, leading up to and during ovulation, interestingly, we tend to feel like we need to eat less and we tend to want to exercise more. There's some evolutionary biology that is weirdly pushing us toward mate hunting over food hunting, or at least that's how it's described in the literature on understanding our cycles and, and hormones that our cycles. So consequently, during this time, we find ourselves with fewer cravings, along with hormonally power, high, like higher willpower and energy. 
So if there is, um, you know, an exercise or diet plan that you've really been struggling to start during that first half of your cycle is the easiest time to get it going. And often once you get it going for a couple of weeks, it's easier to keep it going. Ovulation is a great time to engage in more social forms of exercise. Obviously, pre-COVID, it was easier to hit the gym or take that yoga class, but getting out for a socially distanced walk with a friend or doing even an online you know, Zoom or group um, exercise class can feel really, really great for you right now. This Now, sex and relationships is where stuff gets really, really juicy. So high estrogen and testosterone really boost sexual desire and pleasure way up. It's the time of month that for most women, it's easiest to experience orgasms, including the toe-curling kind. Again, it's nature's sneaky way of trying to get us to reproduce. We unconsciously turn the flame way up and attract potential mates like moths. We're much more likely to put a premium on attractiveness, dress in sexier clothing, whatever that means to you, and accessorize, which interestingly has also been shown to lead us to binge shop. We're more likely to binge shop at this phase of our cycle than any other phase. It's also a time when we're naturally drawn to giving gifts to others, including really expensive ones. So that's another way that binge shopping shows up. And there's some um, research that shows that it's a way that we would have innately been more likely to um, appeal to a mate or a mate's partner by one, dressing up more and also by giving gifts. So it's a time, again, when we're naturally drawn to socialize, particularly in places where mates might be found. And so birth control, birth control, birth control, unless you're trying to get pregnant. Um, It's also interestingly a time when women are more likely to have extramarital uh, sexual relationships. So something to be aware of, you know, you go out to the bar with the girlfriend, you never expect to be attracted to that other guy. You're ovulating, he's attracted to you, you're attracted to him. Again, this, this may all also bear out in same-sex relationships. I'm certainly not meaning to be heteronormative here. It's just where the literature has been been done. So the research has been done so far. So um, it would be really interesting to see what same-sex relationships, um, how this manifests for women in same-sex relationships, um, because we would still think we would go through that the same exact um, cycles of behavior. So um, super, super interesting to explore how this is showing up for you in your relationship, whatever that relationship is, or if you're not in one, how it shows up for you, you know, in your, who you're drawn to during that time. So after you ovulate, you enter something called the luteal phase. That's because of that Um, place on the ovary, I mentioned the corpus luteum where the progesterone comes out of um, in this phase of the cycle. It's produced there. Um, So it's called the luteal phase. And that's between ovulation and the start of your next period. So here are some of the things you might notice and the shifts that you can make to support yourself during this phase. When it comes to energy and creativity, the end of the luteal phase and the first day or two of your period is the energy low point of the month. So after you're in that second half of your luteal phase, so like week three of your cycle, that's when most of us really feel kind of just a downshift in our energy. And it's a really important time to give ourselves a pass. This is completely normal. 
Shifts in your brain waves during this time may actually make you crave quiet alone time. It's a great time to give yourself permission to pause, slow down, and rest if you feel like you need it to the extent that your life allows you to and to the extent that you can create this for yourself. It's really important. You may find that you're in a creative zone, but prefer turning inward for journaling or artistic expression rather than the form of creativity that gets you to create something outward in the world. You may also find that this is a highly intuitive time when your inner life feels closer to the surface. And as a result of that, it may also bring up unmet needs and frustrations or resentments that you feel. And we all know that being in that week before our period can feel like we got a dose of truth serum. So it's a really good time to think before you speak or send hit send on an email. I've been there, done that. And an important time for self-nurturing and meeting your own needs. When it comes to your mind and your mood, about a week before your period, declining estrogen levels can lead to lower moods along with that lower energy and a feeling of being kind of depleted. Just so you know, I am doing air quotes over here, even though you can't see me because I'm a perpetual talker with my hands. That sunny ovulation energy that you felt at mid-cycle may start to give way to a more internalized feeling and that desire to be alone and more introspective and quiet. If you do have PMS symptoms, this is when you may start to really dread or start to feel them. You may also feel a lot more emotionally heightened, reactive, easily irritated, or sensitive to critical comments. I once asked one of my patients if she struggled with premenstrual tension at all, and she said, no, but I do tell my husband I want a divorce every month, the week before my period. I just had such a laugh over that. Along with mind and mood, sleep shifts again during this phase of the cycle. And during the first half of the luteal phase, so that week right after ovulation, so solidly week three, if you're having a relatively, you know, 27 to 32 day cycle-ish, progesterone starts to go up, as I mentioned. And progesterone is a calming hormone. So it may make you feel more peaceful and even get deeply restful sleep. But in the few days leading up to the start of your period, so now you're kind of in the middle to the second half of the fourth week of your, of that fourth week of your cycle, um, as estrogen and progesterone levels take a nosedive, sleep can get really disturbed and you can have really vivid, weird dreams. Some women even report violent or bloody dreams. And I can remember what I call dreaming in red, my own periods, my own dreams before my periods have included really weird things. Like for years, I had this theme of being bitten by a vampire and I would wake up in the morning and have started my period. Like go figure. During this time, you're probably pretty familiar with how your body (laughs) relates to food. The final days of the luteal phase, so right before your period starts, can really throw a curveball even to your best laid plans for eating healthy and getting exercise. Studies show that our food intake increases naturally by as much as 10% in the second half of the luteal phase with a higher preference for, guess what, sweet and fatty foods. And it's thought to be due to higher energy demands from our body as we're getting ready to menstruate. Since the feel-good neurotransmitter serotonin is also in low supply right now, your genius brain gets you craving pasta, pastries, and sugar 
from carbs since serotonin can be produced from carbohydrates. This is also the classic time for chocolate cravings, which may or may not be due to a desire for more magnesium during this time. You may also crave red meat and other iron-rich foods as our body's natural way to uh, preempt anemia during our periods. If you know that your need for carbs goes up and other unhealthy food cravings creep in, feed your body what you're really craving, which is healthy whole food carbs, quality unprocessed fats, and good iron-rich foods to sort of stave off the cravings. And if you have a little craving, it's okay to have a little something-something too, as long as your, you know, your diet is otherwise healthy. So along with food comes exercise. And a lot of us just don't feel like keeping up our exercise as we get closer to our periods. One of the things that I really recommend is don't just hit the sofa and not exercise during that time. Because um, as you move into your period, getting exercise can actually keep your mood up and reduce cramps. But as you're in these last few days of the luteal phase and moving into your period, you may want something gentler. And interestingly, women recover from muscle damage more slowly during this time. So you might want to balance your high intensity exercise with a good warm up and a really good warm wind down. Or if your instincts are for a more relaxed, gentler exercise routine, a softer yoga routine, for example, and I'll talk more about some options in a minute, um, then trust that and go into that instinct. During this time, there's a shift in your sex drive and sometimes in relationships. As estrogen drops, you might find that your libido does too. It's also normal to have a little bit of increased vaginal dryness because of that low estrogen premenstrually. And that can make intercourse less comfortable or penetration. And it can also tank your sex drive. So that said, you know, go with what your body is needing and wanting. Some women, though, find that the increased pelvic ple- uh, pressure premenstrually and fuller sensations in their genitals just before and at the start of their period increases their desire and increased pelvic blood flow can lead to some pretty hell yeah orgasms during this time. So now you've reached the end of your luteal phase and now your period starts. So what might you expect and what can you do during this time? When it comes to energy and creativity, it's really natural to want to slow down even more during those first few days of your period. So Again, give yourself time to hit pause for a day or two. Take a day or half a day or whatever you can grab, especially if it's like you're a busy mom and you're working a job, but grab some time in there for self-care and practicing good sleep habits during this time, especially those initial days. While your energy f- might feel really low at the first couple of days of your period, a lot of women start to feel a renewed sense of energy midway through as estrogen starts to climb back up again. During this time, your mind and mood also may kind of go along with that lower energy. But as opposed to the irrational or out-of-control stereotype that's typically portrayed, hormonal changes during your period, interestingly, may actually activate your willpower. So it's a great time to dust off some of those resolutions you've made after the first couple of days that your period has started, because this is a phase of your cycle that can actually enhance your ability to stick toward them. So if you think of your cycle as these kind of curves, like if you drew a graph and you had curves like waves, you have these ebbs and flow. And as you're entering 
as you're in the first couple of days of your period, you're actually in that follicular phase again. So it's starting to go, everything's going back on that upswing when you're going to start to feel really, really good. So the first half of your cycle is like this upswing. And then the second half of the cycle is like this downswing. But as soon as you hit that kind of like that nadir, that that bottom place, you start to peak back up again. And that's always something that's really, really wonderful to feel and remember. And again, this is different for everyone. And if you're not experiencing those waves and peaks and dips, that's usually a reflection of a hormone imbalance and something that you want to sort out and learn to get a hold on and learn the natural and supportive things, or maybe sometimes you need you know, a different intervention that may not be natural, but the things that work for you to help you get your hormones back on balance. And that is what my book, my new book, Hormone Intelligence is all about, and lots and lots of free articles and information for you over um, at my website and in my podcast, and lots, lots more coming. So during this time, you know, again, as your energy starts to peak back up, um, you know, start to engage with the ideas, the things that you want to do, the resolutions you want to make. Again, because it's a, an easier um, phase of your cycle to stick with them. So that exercise program, again, you're moving into that phase where exercise starts to become easier, etc. During this time, low progesterone and estrogen, because they just bottom out right when your period starts, can make it harder to sleep, particularly at the start of your period. And like in that late luteal phase, you might find, might find yourself having really vivid dreams. So it's a great time to turn on some soothing music or a sleep meditation app before bed and to be mindful of the supportive sleep practices that I mentioned that you can link over to over on my website. During this time, a drop in estrogen decreases that feel-good neurotransmitter serotonin that was already going down in the late luteal phase as that estrogen was going down, serotonin drops as well because estrogen is required for making serotonin. And this can make you really intensely crave comfort foods. And if you tend to have low blood sugar, that can accentuate it, possibly making you feel irritable and even hangry. This is an important time to nourish with healthful foods and don't skimp on whole grains and healthy carbs in your diet, which so many women do. If you get those whole grains and healthy carbs and you can make them a little bit you know, more sweet and treat-like, like make yourself a lovely rice pudding that has whole grain brown rice and some raisins cooked into it and a wee bit of maple syrup and vanilla and cardamom made your mouth water, didn't it? Or um, learn to make a good whole grain, um, you know, oat-based delicious granola that you can have with some nut milk or a little bit of yogurt if you eat yogurt or cashew or coconut yogurt if you don't eat dairy, um, rather than going nuts on bags of cookies and pints of Ben and & Jerry's. And I'm not saying you shouldn't ever have some cookies or some ice cream. It's just that um, when you're having it because you're, your body's not getting what you need and then you're sort of driven to it and feel out of control about it and then regret it, that's no fun. All that said, good dark chocolate is always fair game and it can help ease the period blues. So chocolate, especially dark chocolate, is a wonderful antidepressant. So you can eat a few ounces of it every day forever if you want to. Um, and certainly you can enjoy it pretty comfortably and freely. Um, at the before and during your period or whenever you want to. During our periods, more than half of us ditch our workouts because we just don't feel like it. And that's cool, but 
The problem is most women who have been trying to work out and then they have like five days or seven days where they're like, screw it, and they don't work out, end up feeling frustrated about it afterward. And then it's a little harder to get back into that exercise that you were doing. So here's a workaround. Because exercise during your period, as I mentioned, can improve your mood and your sleep and relieve cramps, instead of bailing on your workouts during this week, consider a gentler approach to your routine. So during this time, just shift into taking a nature walk every day or doing yoga or Pilates or dancing dancing to some great tunes. Do something that's gentle, but still feels like real movement so that you don't end up kind of bailing and then having to re-ramp up, which I always find harder if I do. And during this time, lower estrogen and testosterone plus a desire for downtime and possibly cramps if you get cramps may put sex drive on your low priorities list during your period. Or you may just feel awkward about it and not want to deal with the messiness. If you want to pass on sex during your period, pass. It's your body you get to choose. But it is absolutely totally safe and great to have sex if you're into it during your period. And orgasms during this time can not only feel really amazing, they can relieve cramps and pelvic tension too, and they may even shorten your cycle by a day. It's kind of interesting. We can make shifts in our daily practices that allow us to play to our strengths, to be more in harmony with our cyclic rhythms. You can use your cycle awareness to understand your energy levels, your natural emotional ups and downs, your creative ebbs and flows, your sleep patterns. And if you want to really get creative with it, you can use this awareness to optimize your life journey by adapting your social calendar, your diet, and when you want to start new plans and commitments. So if you're someone who just absolutely wants to be home and alone during your period, and you have an opportunity to not schedule something on those first few days, don't schedule it during those first few days, particularly, you know, if you have a regular cycle, which I'm going to help you get um, over the course of our time together on these podcasts and over in my blog and with my new book. As you tune more into your body's signs, it becomes even easier to do. It really does become second nature. And you can layer in more nuanced practices as you identify your own preferences and needs. So start paying attention to when you have certain kind of food cravings and have the foods in your refrigerator and your pantry that either support a healthy version of those cravings or help you offset those cravings like I was talking about with the um, with the uh, eating carbs in your luteal phase. So there are things that you can do to start to really tune in and support yourself. If you're not noticing the shifts that I described above um, earlier in your cycle, that may just be your normal variation. So I don't want you listening and freaking out and going, oh, but I never experience like more creativity at my uh, when I'm ovulating, or I never feel, you know, this, that, or the other, that may just be your normal variation. But for example, if you don't get good sleep during your luteal phase, it can be due to low progesterone. If you do get intense, insatiable sugar cravings or miserable mood swings premenstrually, premenstrually, it could mean you are struggling with PMS. And of course, not cycling regularly at all can mean a variety of hormone imbalances. While we don't have to be limited by our biology, 
Our health can improve though, just by paying more attention to our cycles. And we can have so much more self-understanding and also just a deeper, powerful respect for our bodies when we start to pay attention to and live in harmony with our hormones. So what can you do to live with cycle sense? Well, with decades of ignoring or suppressing our natural hormonal rhythms, we need to not only be intentional about making the space for this in our lives, but even a little bit defiant against the cultural norms that continue to to devalue our knowing and our bodies and our hormones. To hear the messages our hormones are sending, we have to practice listening and be really deliberate about it. Make time throughout the day and over the arc of your cycles and your life to deliberately get quiet and feel rather than just think and notice what's happening in your body, what's coming up for you, and have a way to track these, whether in a journal, on a moon calendar, which you can purchase online, or by using a period tracking app, if that's what floats your boat. All women in their menstrual years, in my opinion, should become aware of our cycles. The length of the menstrual cycle itself, the duration of flow, whether you're having signs of ovulation, whether you're experiencing more than normal signs of hormonal shifts that are actually symptoms. You can do this by keeping a chart, a calendar, or using an app. And there are various tracking methods, including menstrual cycle charting, cervical mucus tracking, and tracking your basal body temperature. As you learn about each phase of your cycle, you'll tune into hormone-driven fluctuations in your sleep, your energy, your sexual desire, your food, and your needs, and more. You'll learn what being quote-unquote hormonal means for you in the best sense of the word and how to leverage your inner wisdom to make choices that give you the greatest sense of power, confidence, and ease. I really welcome you to reclaim the knowledge that's been hidden from us for too long, to honor your inner wisdom, step into your natural power, and embrace all sides of the beautiful being that is you. And my biggest takeaway, listen to your body and really trust the messages because after all, our hormones are literally chemical messengers. They have a lot to say throughout all of our life cycles, and I hope you enjoy listening. And I hope you enjoyed listening to episode 143 of Natural MD Radio. I look forward to seeing you next time. If you're excited to find out about my book, Hormone Intelligence, you can hop over to my website and check it out. And if you're within the year that the book is coming out, there are tons of free, wonderful gifts for you. They're up there right now because the book is coming out um, June of uh, this year, June 20, June 8th. 2021. And so those gifts will be up for all the way through June of next year. Enjoy and I'll see you next time. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Natural MD Radio. If you did, please go to avivaram.com and join the conversation about the show on my blog. And while you're there, be sure to sign up for my newsletter. It's free and it's jam-packed with powerful tips to help you take back your health naturally. That's avivaram.com. Take care and see you next time.